Welcome to the Platform Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kundi wright founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy habits. I know how hard that can be because I've struggled and succeeded to varying degrees throughout my life, but I've lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for over a decade now. The key for me was discovering my passion for lifting weights and kettlebell sport. On this podcast, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, experts, and everyday people about kettlebells, fitness programming, nutrition, mindset, making an impact, and generally striving to grow and leave a legacy of positive change. Please join me. All right, welcome into this episode of the Platform Podcast. I am incredibly excited to welcome in Joe Daniels. He is the owner of Swing This Kettlebell in Cincinnati, as well as Think Tank Flotation. He is a master, uh, or I'm sorry, a candidate master of sport in kettlebell sport, as well as the coach of the Swing This Kettlebell uh, competition team. Uh, what else am I missing? How many other businesses do you have now? I don't know, man. I just I like to help people. Like the, you know, the flotation's great for it's it's beyond great actually for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all that stuff. It 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 truly has connections to almost anything that you could think of. Um, and you know, I've done kettlebells for over a decade now, and <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at helping people. That's what I I'd rather be known for a person that can help other people succeed than say what I did, like my accolades or whatever, but that's, that's the one that I want. Like I want to be a master at helping other people feel good. Oh, that's what I forgot. Master trainer of IKFF. So I'll throw out all your accolades and all the, all the things. Cause that's a, that's a cool thing, but I feel like, uh, that was a recognition of how much you've given back to people in general, but the kettlebell world in particular. Um, I mean, you're, you're kind of OG when it comes to the kettlebell sport world in particular, when did you first start? uh, in kettlebells? Um, well, when I, I was still competing at a national level in NPC bodybuilding. Um, I was two, I did that in 2009. So five or so years really competitive. Um, and then I just wanted something different. It just didn't feel right. Constantly being judging and being judged, you know, by looks alone, because that's all that matters. It's not how strong you are. It's not, what you train. I mean, like I was always a drug-free athlete. I never did anything. I didn't, you know, that was my thing. I, I got into fitness and we'll talk about stuff. I never really talked too much, but I got into fitness to kind of get away from a musical lifestyle, you know, partying and all that stuff. So, um, October 8th, 2003 was the first time I went back into a gym. I've been taking care of myself ever since that day. Nice. Um, awesome. So yeah, 2009 is when I first picked up a kettlebell. So I wouldn't, I mean, I'm pretty early in the United States kettlebell people, yeah. I guess, but there's like people I looked up to like Cotter and Mike Mahler. And um, I never really got, I never really got to talk to Steve Maxwell much or Pavel. I never really was a RKC person. I guess though Mahler was, um, yeah. but I, I gravitated a lot towards Steve's style because I thought it was more 
I don't know. I thought I thought it seemed uh, kettlebell sport really interested me. Um, I like pushing, competing, but not against in, in a team. I, I'm really I can blame myself for shortcomings. I can't, you know, I don't want to get mad at other people. Mm-hmm. So I know that what I put into is what I'm going to get out of it. So single sport is why I always kind of got into. Nice. But yeah, it seemed I like see, seeing Steve do interesting mobility stuff. And I thought that was cool. Um, so that's really, yeah, that's kind of how I got there. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people, uh, I, I, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but I don't know if I, you're, you're obviously very well known for kettlebells. I'm not sure how many people know that you're also a very talented artist, right? So you, you paint and, and well, I think, I think so. That's my like assessment. It. Like, I like the stuff that you make. I think it's, I think yeah. it's super cool. And that's a, that's a definitely a big part of your personality. It seems like, right. That artistic, that artistic creative part of your personality. Like you mentioned a, a musical lifestyle. So what were you, were you also playing, playing in bands or what, what was that? Yeah. After high school, I got into playing bands. Like, um, I like metal. I think everybody knows I like music, but mostly, you know, hard rock, stuff like that heavy metal whatever big big metal head but um yeah just traveling i mean we used to travel from cincinnati basically the midwest chicago stuff playing and then for about i'd say about five years and i started taking care of myself like you know having some bad relationships and like what can i do to feel better personally maybe i'm being selfish but you can't take care of other people if you can't take if you're not taking care of yourself you know So I started going back to the gym. You know, I was still smoking cigarettes when I walked in the gym. <laughs> uh, you know, dreadlocks and smoking cigarettes. It's, uh, that's not the... Gotta open, the, gotta open the lungs up before I go work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember they still... Some of the people that I started with, they're like, I can't believe... They sold me a membership to this place. It was down the street from where I lived. And I went in there and they're like, that dude's not coming back. And then, you know, within two years, I was winning bodybuilding competitions. And they're like, we had you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, it's good. I mean, maybe I didn't make, I might not have been made it, but like people gave me a chance. And I found a, a little, I found some like-minded people that were there trying to get away from things that weren't helping, weren't being good for them. And um, we got to talk and it just, it drove me and I felt better, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Did so? Did you come from a competitive background at all in in like high school or or like any any sports in in high school or were you mostly in music or like what was your what was your thing when you were when you were in high school? Well, I kind of lived out kind of countryish, um, northern Kentucky. It's pretty out there. Um, I love bikes, riding bikes. That's pretty much it. Played played football in high school, and I was the opposite of what you would think of a football player in 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 high school. You know metalhead listening to tool and in the country it's just it wasn't i'm just i've been usually kind of the different person in the thing that i pursued i played football because i like to lift weights i started lifting weights with the team and i was still working jobs in the summer so i couldn't play football but hell i could lift weights in in whenever so i i got hooked on lifting weights then football just kind of was a part of that and then Afterwards, I took a little break playing music and I'm like, you know what? I felt the best when I was lifting weights. So went back to it 2003 and ever since. Nice. 
And so what, what was the, uh, what was the impetus for bodybuilding? Like why, why did you decide that that was the direction you, when you, so you went back to the gym to feel better and start lifting weights and you quit, I'm assuming quit smoking fairly, fairly shortly after, after yeah. that. And, but what, I mean, going from being just a casual weightlifter, trying to be healthy to like, I'm going to compete in bodybuilding is a, that's a, that's a level up. So what, what pushed, what pushed you that direction? I was lifting all day, you know, all the time I was there every day, every day after work, I'd landscape and you do landscaping, go there to the gym afterwards. Um, and man, I'm, I'm not kidding. People won't believe it, but I literally was 157 pounds, like ripped 157 pounds when I was probably 23, um, something like that. And, um, 157 pounds. Dude, I'm, I'm 230 now. <laughs> I was so just, just going to say, contextualize that for people that, that are just yeah. listening and, and maybe haven't seen you because you're, you're a big dude. Yeah. I'll post a picture of, of when I was playing music um, about 157. Well, someone said, why are you doing all this? Like, I said, I don't know. It's pretty cool. They're like, why don't you do a body moon competition? I was like, yeah. And they're like, you won't do that. Nobody around here does it. Because there was one dude in the gym that actually competed. Everybody, you know, that's how it, how it is. Everybody talks shit until it's their turn to put up the numbers or, or whatever. And they're like, you won't do it. I'm like, I've never been to one, but uh, what do I do? I'll fucking do it. And I mean, it's just, I put my mind to it. I said, I'll do it. And I ended up working with um, some people know Beverly International is a supplement company. And yeah, yeah you know, Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. They make well, that amp, that amp protein is one of my, one of my, one of my favorite, you, that 80, oh, that 80 20 or ump. Yeah. Ump. Sorry. Ump. Ump, not, yeah. yeah the, so yeah. they were real close to me. That's where I live. Cold Spring. That's where the headquarters is. So oh, nice. back then they would still go through like posing routines and helping people do it. So I'm like, man, I got some of the best around for this is free I'm using their products and they're, they're helping me out. They kind of quit doing that after I got into it. So I got kind of lucked into it. The first couple shows I ended up competing with some some people that were seen on, you know, let's say covers like muscular development, men's health, and all that stuff. And yeah, so it was, I got, I got some uh, help at the beginning as far as what to do. I had never been to a bodybuilding competition in my life until I stepped on a stage. Like, oh, wow. yeah. That's, uh, that's talk about awesome. being frightened. I mean, <laughs> I mean, people say all the time, like, okay, you know how you feel? you like kettlebell sport, you know how, like, if you have clients who are like, Oh, I feel sick. I'm, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm gonna throw up before my set. I'm like, Oh, Hey, don't worry. Cause I'll be uh, there with you. I'm going to, yeah. I'm feel so nervous and sick. They're like, no way. You're so experienced and good. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I want to do so well. I want to show the best form I possibly can. And I get certain I'm talking about right now. My palms are sweating. Yeah. Just thinking about holding that snatch or long cycle or when that, you know, time yeah, to go. When the, when, the, when the bell go, when, when the buzzer goes and it's like three, two, yeah. one lift, like, yeah. I mean, so some of us, that sympathetic nervous system drive we have is just, it's on. Like, I mean, mine is on. And that's one of the reasons why I float because I'm so, uh, I don't know. I'm so sympathetic driven yeah. that I have to do the other stuff. And I think people don't realize like how important it is for stress management for people that, want to do well you know like our brains just 
at least my brain, I'm sure you're, it doesn't stop. It's yeah. You, you and I have, have a similar thing. I think I haven't, I have what I call an unquiet mind. Like there is yeah. almost yeah. always something going on. There's always something I'm thinking about. And if I'm, yeah. it's, if it's not one job, it's another job. If it's not that job, it's yeah. a hobby. If it's not that it's, you know, you know, I just, I, my brain almost very rarely shuts down. Like to the point that it drives my wife crazy. Like you've got the, you know, picture of, of the beach behind you. Like we were at a beach in, in Miami basically. And, uh, like we, we sat there for 20 minutes and I could chill out for like the first 15, 20 minutes. And then I got up and started, you know, started doing yoga. I sat back down Same and, the, and, the, and then, and then I went and got in the ocean and then I came back and then sat mm-hmm. down and for a little while. And then I started doing pushups and my wife was yep. just like, you can't sit still. Can you like, you don't know how to just sit still. Yeah. Like, it's not my, it's just not the way I'm wired, but that, that, that parasympathetic system, like it, it's so important for people like us to be able to activate it because mm-hmm. otherwise like you're just a car that's redlined all the time. Right. Like, so right. I, I've never, I've never floated. Tell, tell people, tell people about flotation and, and what, and what it actually is, because I like, I want to do it and I need to find a float. I need to find a float tank near me, but I'm, I tell people about what it is for people that are uninitiated or, or have no idea what you're talking about when you say floating. So floating is basically what it is. You're, there's a solution of water that is water and magnesium sulfate. So Epsom salts, usually people do a cup or so of Epsom salts. Maybe you end up with a pound of magnesium sulfate in your 50 gallons of bath water or whatever. So we have tanks or tubs or whatever rooms, cabins, um, that hold 250 to 300 gallons of water and a over a thousand pounds of magnesium sulfate. So what that does is brings the salinity so high, it's higher than the Dead Sea. People go to the Dead Sea to float. Um, so you you go in, you effortlessly float. Now, a lot of people call these sensory deprivation chambers. I think that's a terrible way of describing what it is. And I'll tell you why. When you say someone wants to get in kettlebell sport and you're like, oh, you mean that 10 minute near death experience? You're gonna love it. <laughs> Right. And everyone, we can talk about that. We're like, are you ready to, are you ready to die? Yeah. Are you platform? ready to die on the platform? You're not going to talk to that. I don't talk to the people like new people. I'm like, yeah, we're not competing. You're not competing. You got to prove that you are able to get to this point. And then if you want to, I'll guide you. But I don't ever push any of my members at all. People that I'm helping, like it's the point. If you, t- you want to, we'll do it. But anyway, so back to floating. Um, so it's reduced environmental stimulation technique, rest. So our goal is to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So what we're doing is that's the one that slows everything down for people that aren't, yes. aren't aware and think parachute parasympathetic yes. slows everything down, calm, calming down. So rest and digest, um, the opposite of, opposite of fight, fight, wait, fight, flee, freeze, you know, reaction. So what we're doing is when you're trying to go to sleep, what you should be doing, you should be putting your damn phone down. You should be not listen, not watching Saul 75. <laughs> um, you shouldn't be arguing about people and trolls on the internet about, you know, elections or things or whatever. You, you should be calming down. You should focus on your breathing. Um, so anyway, the lights down as low as possible, basically nothing. So what we're trying to do is tell your, your, this our senses tell our brain give our brain input and our brain says oh there's no threat here so you can relax you can ah, turn you off body 
and all of a sudden our breathing rate slows, our heart rate slows, and we enter a recuperative state. That's what sleep should be, right? Mm -hmm. So you wake up in the morning and you feel refreshed or whatever. So that's what we're trying to get with floating. So floating is nothing but a cultivated environment for relaxation or meditation. So you're floating effortlessly on, the, effortlessly on that water. Think about Shavasana and yoga for instead of five minutes, you get 60 minutes with zero pressure on your right scapula that hurts real bad because you tore your subscapularis, blah, blah, blah. Um, so there's no, there's very little pressure because it's water. It's kind of like being on a waterbed without a skin. Um, the, the temperature of the water is the same temperature as your skin. So pretty soon you start not feeling it. Um, it feels like you're floating in the middle of, you can't tell if it's water or air. Um, you're like a kayak. That's how a kayak feels is a couple inches of you. The water's only 10 inches deep. So when you get in there, your butt's on the ground, you lean back and you're nothing. Everything's just floating on the ground. So it aligns your skeletal system and your skeleton. It aligns it when your muscle relaxes, you don't have that, that crunching feeling in your lumbar area that you possibly have, you know, um, from sitting all day or from deadlifting squatting every day <laughs> rack position whatever rack, rack position all that stuff and then so after that once your brain says hey body you're not under any threat you've been breathing you've activated your parasympathetic nervous system and guess what we're gonna go on a little twilight <laughs> possibly a little uh creative you're gonna write a novel stephen king too um <laughs> You know, but like people get super creative. It's it's almost like you're in a lucid dream, kind of like you're on the edge of sleep, but you're still there. And it's just, it's just, a, and then all of a sudden the bell goes off or, or whatever your, the uh, alarm says, hey, it's time to get up. And you're like, no, I need more. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you have kids, if people that, you know, train a lot, I mean, there's a reason why all the high level CrossFit athletes do it, you know, I mean, yeah. It, I think LeBron a, James is big on it too. There's like, there's Stephen Curry there's a lot is of, huge. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of high level athletes that are, that are all, that are all about it. And I, yes. I mean, just hearing you talk about it, I'm like, God, I want to, I want to do that. Like to be, so completely like, unload my skeletal system yeah. and to like, like be able to just like unlock everything. And I mean, it sounds, it sounds fantastic. Like the first time you do it, it's kind of, it can be kind of weird. It's a new, new environment, right? Like if I go and lift at your gym, or your, your place with you. It's, I've never been there before. I'm going to be a little nervous. I know what kettlebells are. And we're going to pick up two twenties and I'm going to go at it, but it's still going to be like looking around and you know, it's just, but once we've done it a couple of times, like, Oh yeah, this feels like home, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you know what to do. You know what to expect. And all of a sudden we'll get, you, we'll get your playlist going. We'll put your metal on, right. man. We'll, we'll let right. you, we'll let you rock out to whatever you want. Yeah. So that's kind of how it is. You're just curating an environment for someone to feel comfortable that's away from all the hectic stuff in their life. So it's, I mean, do I love kids? I love my kids. How do you, how can you be a good parent if you're, let's say it's been so incredibly stressful and you know, the, the cries are almost like setting you off. It's like, oh, it's, oh, I just need some time alone. You get an hour. I mean, you get a babysitter for an hour and, and it just connects you back to everything and your senses are recalibrated. It's not sensory deprivation, sensory recalibration. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I like the way I like the way you, you describe that, and I like the rest the rest acronym too. Like that, because uh, you're you're right. When they say sensory deprivation, I was always a little bit like I was a little bit like ah, I don't know. That makes me sound like Absolutely. not sure I want. I'm not sure I want to try that. Like uh, like I don't. 
I don't need to be deprived, right? Like, right. That's, that's so not it's not that. depriving anything. It's just reducing. So it's like if someone comes to your place and they're used to lifting 224s for jerks and they're complaining about their neck hurting and then I give them 216s or we give them 216s and go over the form and you're like, yeah, dude, you're throwing your head back on those 24s. That's why your neck's hurting. And all of a sudden they go back, take some, re they reduce that stimulation. They go with 16s and they ramp it back up. And next time they're at 24s, they're not having those because they unloaded. That makes yeah. sense? Yeah. It's just similar. It's just, I could talk forever about that. But also it's not like Joe Rogan sends everybody to floating. That's what popularized floating in the last five, six years or so. So hey, I heard it through Joe Rogan. They're like, well, how much mushrooms do you have? I'm like, dude, you need to come back. <laughs> like, that's not what we're about. Like, you're, but anyway, so it's like, yeah, he, he's helped a lot as far as even with kettlebells. Like, how'd you hear about kettlebells? Oh, Joe Rogan and on it. I'm like, okay, this is very different. But <laughs> double monkey queens. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. You know, but like, let's show you a, let's show you a better way. Like stop with your 30 second Instagram flows and whatever, like we'll show you proper stuff first. I mean, but that video of Joe Rogan doing those gorilla cleans, like I, I look at his wrist, like just getting slammed yeah. back into, into hyperflexion. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh God, that and looks terrible. Like what? It looks like anybody in any LA fitness or life fitness that picks up a kettlebell, even under some of their trainers that I see. I'm like, at what point do you say, I got to say something on this video, you know, like, yeah, I, I struggle, I struggle with that because it's like, it's the, like, mind your own business. It's not your, right. you know, stay in not your lane. Sure. It's not, it's not, this isn't your house, right? Like it's not, but then at a certain point too, it's also like, as an it ethical human, at, at an ethical, as an ethical human being, you're like, that right. person is going to hurt themselves. And I have knowledge that can prevent them from hurting themselves. Yeah. I feel a moral obligation to, to tell them uh, something that will prevent them from injury. <laughs> right. And, and people, I think people have such an ego. Any, okay. Think about this. Now I have my page, you have your page, whatever. Someone disagrees with me and like, fuck you, get out of here. This is my shit. Or <laughs> like, or we can get away from that and like, you know, explain to me like what's whatever. Let's, let's open this conversation up. Maybe some people will learn. I saw you doing some good stuff on kettlebell Kings page when someone was posting something and you didn't like blast. Like I wanted to be like, Oh my God, like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> like Holy ultimate warrior. But you know, you open it up to like, here's, can we give you some advice? You know, I did this. I got hurt when I started doing this. Now I learned this way. But I, I saw this guy, um, he was a, a triathlete, master's triathlete, like seven time world champion or something. And his form was not the best with kettlebells. So instead of me being like, what I wanted to do, like, don't do ugh, gross or something like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm sorry for the un, you know, uncalled for um, critique or whatever. What's, what's the word? Unsolicited, unsolicited, I think. Is thank word. you. I have a, I have a, um, <laughs> I have a Instagram account called Unsolicited Fitness Advice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll not talk about that. But anyway, so I said, I'm sorry for this unsolicited fitness advice, but I'd be happy to give you a couple pointers if it's something you'd be interested in. Uh, the next morning, I got a thing from this guy. I mean, he's got uh, seventy thousand something, way more people than I do. Yeah. You know, and um, and he goes, man, I have 
highly appreciate that. I love learning from people. I'd be happy to, if you could give me a couple tips, I'd post like incorporate them and maybe then show the video, show where I came from, show to this, if you don't mind. And hopefully I can get some people in my running triathlete community into your stuff because Cincinnati's a running city. It's not a kettlebell city. Yeah. It's fucking, it's got the flying pig and people come from all over the country for that thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and I said, absolutely shoot me a couple videos. It's going to take me five minutes to give this dude some, some pointers and he's going to launch me ever. I already had like, he, he tagged one thing. It was like 50 new people following. So they're, they're getting the right help, but he didn't have an ego about it. That was what beautiful, what was beautiful. And if we get rid of, that's, I try to get rid of the ego when I lift or write something, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think we have those places are our, our, we, we mark our territory online, you know, or yeah, at least some sure. people do. I'm like, yeah, throwing all the stuff out and you can just, it, you know, it just stinks of <laughs> territorial pissing really is what it is. But well, I mean, the, the thing, we can think about like how deleterious it was, especially early on in, in kettlebell for the spread of kettlebell in the U S right. You and I were both starting around the same time. Like I started around 2008, 2009, just like you mm -hmm. did. And at that time, like you had the RKC camp, which mm -hmm. was really, really strong and growing really fast. And then you have Larry Federenko's camp that was, that was not growing as fast, you know, and IKF was, was IKFF was in there as well, but, but mm -hmm. mostly, mostly it was those two because they both came from Russia. They were both trying to popularize kettlebells in America. And, yeah. you know, and you had one camp saying, this is the right way to lift a kettlebell right. and rather than, and rather than just being like, no, there's more than one right way. And let me show you my way. And you can sure. decide for yourself what's best for you. No, Valeri, Valeri and Pavel basically were like, one right way no this is the right way this no right this way. is the right way and and they just got in this yeah. like you said territorial pissing match and now you've got these like tribes of people and unfortunately it's evolved and there's you know people like you and i who are like there is no wrong way to use a kettlebell it's a tool yeah so long it as it's safe it's okay what what's your goal let's talk about the depends factor right like it depends mm -hmm. on what you're trying to accomplish uh, but you know speaking of depends i'd like to be lifting until i have to wear depends how right. about that exactly right like that's, that's the point the, longevity i've 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 really made it a point to to start speaking to people and i say I've, i this is one of my lines that i repeat regularly now is like i measure the success of the i measure my success in decades not days weeks months or even years i'm looking sure. for decades of success right yeah i'm I'm, I'm now at a decade, uh, you know, I'm over a decade of having lost a hundred pounds. That's the nice. big deal to me. You know, right. I, I want to be at multiple decades. I want to age into master of sport, right? I don't know yeah. if I'll ever be able to handle the double 32s well enough to, to actually achieve master of sport, but I'm hoping that I can stay strong enough with the 24s mm -hmm. long enough that I will age into being able to be a master of sport in the legends division, right? Like yeah. that's, that's my goal, right? Is to, and I, like I say kind of jokingly, but it's also somewhat serious. Like no, I want dude, that's to super, be, it's great. I want to be that, that old guy. I want to be that old guy. That's like, holy shit, that guy is still fucking strong. He's right. That's that 70 year old guy that can still deadlift four, four fucking plates on each side. And like, he's mobile. Who? And yeah. Who is that? You go up and down the stairs without complaining yeah. about his knee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I, that's what I'm going for. And I like, I, I love your point about like, if you can get rid of ego and you can assess and just say, Oh, maybe that person has something valid to, to bring to my, to my experience, or they have some, they have something that I can, I can, I can take in and I can be, I can be better. Right. Like, because 
I, there's, there's no way any one person can ever know anything. Right. So sure. you have, you have to be able to take in information from other people, but that requires that you acknowledge internally, like, Oh, this person might know more than me. I should probably, right. I should probably listen to them. Right. Or I should at least hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that requires a little bit of, a little bit of sacrificing your own ego sometimes. Sure. I, I talked to a friend, I'm not going to mention the name, but I talked to a very high, high level, highly respected wow factor user of kettlebells. Um, and he's like, I don't know what to post today. And I was, he's like, I just kind of feel like I'm lo- like, I'm not creative anymore. I don't have this, like, it's kind of, what's the point? I'm like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like you can't post something different every single day or even every other day, because if you do that's 180 unique things a year. Some people are doing this multiple times a day. So you get to the point where these people are pumping out these programs that 22 different muscle building programs, like you are full of fucking shit. Like, (laughs) because there's not no way, like, I mean, there's not 22 different versions of West side barbell. No. Right now. Why do we have 22 different versions of kettlebell? So people are just getting kind of oversaturated and it's the what's the word what's the kids using today fomo fear of missing out oh, yeah, yeah dude yeah. like okay i sometimes i'm like oh if i don't write about this i'm gonna lose opportunity then i'm like fuck that because you got to take care of your mental wellness yes. <laughs> i'm like okay yes. i'll i'll chime in on something later i'm gonna take a deep breath and get past this one but like my goal is to produce something that works very very well and not be on the top of Google's anal, like algorithm for chronic repeated, chronic repeated posting, yeah. you know, because we got chronic repetitious stress from doing whether typing or keyboard or whatever, or wrenching all day and then doing kettlebells. It's the same thing. You can have chronic repetitious posting and mess up your mind by constantly trying to stay on top of stuff. Yeah, I mean, trying to game the algorithm and, and that's not even an audience that you own. That's you're renting space in somebody else's forum by allowing them to have your data. Essentially. That's, yeah. that's how you pay the rent to be on the social, on the social media platforms. That's not even an audience you own and, and they can change the algorithm tomorrow. Anytime. All, of that, eff- all it, that effort that you put into building your following can. It happens all the time, man. Like oh yeah, totally. I'll have a, a 12, we have, maybe 1300 videos that i've put on youtube on our yeah, channel dude, your youtube content like you've put out so much stuff like there's like i've, I've had people being like you need to start making more youtube videos and like again the imposter syndrome thing i'm like but what am i going to put out that joe daniels doesn't already have somewhere in his archive man well but i mean that's the thing like even now you know some of the best out there they recycle content yeah so i mean that's the thing like if i write something okay i have a video that let's just say that got real popular. It's one of the most popular. It's got half a million views on form for kettlebell, right? Yeah. With a, not an RKC bell, with a competition bell. And it's got shitty background sound. I did it five, six years ago. Five tips to improve your swing. Five tips to watch out for your kettlebell swing. Yeah. It has nothing to do with kettlebell sport, but it's the thing that everybody gets with a kettlebell. They go to a gym, they're doing swings and they're, you know how, you know how they do. But anyway, people, the comments are mostly, that sounds terrible. The sound is, what's that sound in the back of lawnmower? I'm like, well, I did 
my I have a 5,000 square foot gym back then, all mostly kettlebells, you know, and then the electricity went out. So I went outside and shot a video and it just happened to be like what everybody needed at that time was how to just the basic basics. Um, But anyway, um, I'm going to redo that one (laughs) and it's going to jump up again because, you know, we got so much traffic on that YouTube that. I post a new thing, even if it's something I've already done, but people do that all the time. Yeah. Look at some of those. I hate to say it. And I don't want to sound like, like I'm being a dick about this, but kettlebell flows for beginners, for people like, you know, a, a 10 exercise movement thing for a person that's never touched kettlebells, I think is silly, especially to start super, super basic. But anyway, like, I've, I've been everywhere. doing kettlebells for over 10 years and I can tell you I've done less than 10 kettlebell flows in that. Time. I mean, like, I just so, don't do them. Like, it's not like I'm, if I'm going to do a clean and a press and then a drop lunge and that, like, I'm going to break that up into different movements so I can focus on what's the intention behind that movement and do the drop lunge and then do, and then do the press and like the flow, <laughs> like I get it. It's a cool thing. It's fun. And it's challenging in a different way. It's just not my jam. Like, I'm the same just, exact way. And like I said, for people that love it, like, man, okay, what's the dude online? Uh, I don't know his real name, but it's Daring. Daring 10 or something? Like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, 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 d- yeah, Daring, yeah. He's uh, in New York, maybe? I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to blank on his name. Uh, Dude, awesome. Like, that's just, I mean, that's Seriously? incredible. The stuff that he does <laughs> with juggling and stuff like that. Also, like, I, I don't totally get into to juggling all the time. And there's some people, like, I don't have to try to do it to, to respect it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but some of the stuff out there that people are like, Oh yeah, well, why don't you do that? And like, because your goal is to get muscle and that's not going to do it. <laughs> you are not going to gain muscle with a 26 pound kettlebell. You're <laughs> so not going to let's, let's get into this because I know this, this is a, this is a uh, topic that's near and dear to both of our hearts. So you, you mentioned you're, you're 230 pounds. How tall are you? Um, a little bit taller than a shrimp. <laughs> you're five, uh, I'm like five, five eight. Yeah. Okay. Five, I was gonna say you're, I, think, I think I remember yeah, five, nine, five, eight. Okay. I'm just under six, one, and I'm about 260 pounds. Uh-huh. You're 230 pounds. Most people would describe both of us as something short of a brick shit house, or, you know, in some, in some form or fashion. And you use 95% kettlebells for your training. Mm-hmm. I use probably pretty close to that maybe a little bit less than that but like pretty close to that 90 percent probably and yet the myth persists that you can't build Mm. muscle with just kettlebells now you created a program specifically (laughs) specifically designed for we'll we'll use the technical term hypertrophy with with only kettlebells it's the kettlebell only muscle program right so kettlebell only muscle gain. Yep. Tell us, tell us about that program because you know, our, our mutual friend, Tim, Tim Boyer did that program, loves it. Shout out to Tim. What up, dude? Um, and, and so tell me, tell me a, like, how long have you been working on that? And B like, how is, what's the, what's the philosophy behind it? How can you crush the myth of you can't build muscle with just kettlebells aside from obviously the awesome program that you put out that will work for people? So first of all, when people say they look at me like, I want, okay, let's just say they want to look like me. And when you say, here comes that weird visualization, when you're like, dude, you're built big, whatever you're built, whatever. 
I'm like, man, I look down and I see my arms are thin. I look down sometimes, but then I see a picture or I see a video of somebody and like my back looks like, like a freak walking between other people. And I can't get through a, like a door, the size door, right? And, but when I look down, I'm like, okay, that doesn't, something's not registering. Yeah. I know, I know that I'm big. It just feels weird. You second guess. I'm like, hmm. But anyway, so the whole thing about not just building a hypertrophy program with kettlebells, because people have that. I mean, uh, there's some good stuff out there, um, but only kettlebells was, I mean, because of quarantine, it started. And I, how I train people is I ask them to do what I would ask myself to do. I treat people how I want to be treated. Um, if I'm going to say, fuck you, I'm going to expect you to tell me to fuck me back. Like, fuck <laughs> off. But um, fuck so, you for that smoker complex. That's just an aside. Oh, oh yeah, dude. That was awesome. I don't know. I like to train legs. I don't but anyway, well, I had um, the brilliant idea of doing it after my, after my jerk training, which was not just, good. No. Yeah, that was just a brilliant another day. day. Anyways, you're supposed time. to do that on an active recovery day. Oh, okay. Besides, <laughs> no one knows what active recovery is here. Let's talk about anyway, later. But so during quarantine, I wasn't going to go down the street to my training center because nobody else could. Yeah. They're like, well, why don't you just train with your barbells and all that stuff? And I'm like, because you're not, and you're my clients and I'm not going to have you do it. They're like, why don't you go float every day and chill out? I'm like, because we're closed to the public. So if I'm going to ask you to do something, I'm not going to have this magic bar of money machine throwing stuff at me. And when everybody doesn't have any income, you know, so I basically I said, okay, you have these kettlebells. I'm going to bring kettlebells to my house. That's all I'm going to use. Um, and I'm just going to make videos kettlebell only kettlebell only. They're like, well, you, can you build muscle? I'm like, well, I'm going to sure as hell try. And I started doing tests. And once we could open back my gym, open back swing this to certain people that I, you know, trusted it was taking shit seriously. Um, and also our Kentucky governor would said we could have, um in-person stuff i said okay we're testing stuff kettlebells only there's no barbells there's no bands and no this i want to make something that people can do at their house so i came up with this you know we tested it and i was like what did you think about that that area and it's not arms back chest and legs day okay because kettlebells you don't have machines you don't have benches you don't have what you have to work with the kettlebell so sometimes most of the time you're standing or you're in some whatever position it's full body all the time. Yeah. So You're what I did was like body parts, it's not body parts. It's not concentrated isolation for delts, right? Where you sit down on a Smith machine and a hammer machine and whatever, but I've been there. I've done that. It did well. So I took what I knew from that and tried to put it into kettlebells. So like, okay, well, day one is going to be lots of leg day. It's going to be mostly pushing legs. And then we're going to do more upper body and it's going to be pressing you know, upper body. Then the next day we're going to do a pulling legs. So pulling with legs involved pulling with upper body. Um, but we didn't have a pull-up bar. So I had to do stuff with that. And then the last day was kind of like a compound accessory stuff, you know, kettlebells with, with calves and a little bit more grip and pulling and stuff like that. So it morphed into a week and I'm like, okay, let's, let's, expand that and do kind of like a wave like program. We're not going to do the exact eight sets of eight double jerks. 
Um, we're not going to do nine sets of eight. We're not going to do eight sets of nine. We I picked different stuff and we did alternating prep. So basically, we're just kind of waving the different types of. Um, do you remember DC training in bodybuilding? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Intense muscle. Yeah. Okay. Dog crap training. Yeah. So kind of, I used a little bit of like that. So if I couldn't do push presses with the weight, then I said, okay, well, I'm going to do jerks. So it was a way that I could keep challenging that. Um, but it also affected, you know, how I thought. So we just kind of rolled through different exercises on those days. And it ended up being I'm like, okay, eight weeks. Now, eight weeks is not going to make a drastic change on a human, but it is going to get you. I gave like nearly 30 different workouts that were still progressive and people loved it. So like I called it muscle gain. I could, could have called it strength gain, but if someone didn't gain strength, they would have complained, you know, so I just, whatever, fuck it. Muscle gain. Um, it was really just good for body recomposition. Um, so a lot of people that have tried it, they really liked it. But the kicker is take a little rest after that and don't go right and do it something different and then do it again. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that snatch to Turkish get up day, you know, that when you did 24 kilograms the first time you can handle 28 this time and the second time going through. And it's, I just, I wanted to create a program instead of just having simple and sinister, right. And that's what everyone does on Reddit. Anyone that does anything with kettlebell on Reddit, that's what they do. So, <laughs> and that's great because you're doing kettlebells, but man, that's like, I don't know. To me, it's like playing Call of Duty every single day or life. It's the same thing over and over, even if it's a different field. It's the same thing. And I think that gave people some repetitious strain injuries, right? You're doing Turkish get-ups and swings, every one-arm swings, every time you train up to six days a week. I don't know, but I know what repetitious strain is, and I know what tendonitis feels like golfer's elbow sucks. Yes. And that's easy to get when you jump into doing kettlebells. Pattern overload um, is definitely a thing that you need to be mindful of. Yes. So anyway, there, it jumped in there. And then I love doing complexes. I made a complex program with only kettlebells. And then yeah, kind of that's it. And now and we're now, in the middle of like that. Now that's not it. Cause you, you also said, you know what? I also want to help people get into sport that are, not, yeah. that are like that have decided they want to get into sport. So you did yeah. kettlebell intro, intro to sport as another program. So your yeah. creative juices have been flowing, man. You, Dude, like, you, you're, you're crank, you're cranking shit out, man. I'm, I'm impressed. It's awesome. If I, if I package some of the stuff I've had over the 10 years, there's probably 40 to 50, 40 to 50 different programs. I because a different program, you're just as different as this guy that's lifting, you know, yeah. I wrote something different. So it's just, there's so many different ways. And that's because kettlebells, there's so many different angles. There's so many different things you can do. Like you train somebody for um, jujitsu or something or judo, let's say judo. Cause it's yeah. pretty different. Yeah. A lot of hip throws, a lot of different things like that and forward and backwards lateral and all that stuff it's going to be totally different than i would train somebody playing tennis yeah yeah so we got all these different programs well and then there's bio the biomechanic differences too like even you and even you and me who a lot of people to a lot of laymen they would look at us and be like oh those guys are built kind of the same like they probably Mm -hmm. they're probably they probably do very you know move very similarly but your snatch style 
very different than mine. I have mm-hmm. longer arms than you, right? I have an old back injury, right? I, you know, like we're yeah. built differently. Like we, we move differently because bioindividuality sure. is, is Dude, a thing. Rack position. I cannot, I can't get, first <laughs> of all, there, I don't know. That's not even talk about, it. but I just, I, I don't have a, a rack position conducive to kettlebell sport. I have the shortest humerus. That's probably why I was good at bodybuilding. Um, but like I have shorter bone structure. I have a longer torso. Yeah. So um, my legs looked real big. I created an X. My lats came down to a very short waist, but it tapered. And then my legs jumped out because I have very big quads, adductors and glutes. Um, but when I went back to that training, I was 165 pounds when I was competing at welterweight and 172. That's literally not much difference at a middleweight in my competitive bodybuilding stuff. So people said, well, you had a base of bodybuilding, like 172 pounds. I stopped with all that. And 90% has been kettlebells for a decade. Yes, I did some barbell deadlifts. Yes, I did some squats. Yes, I like, but I love hammering my legs. And, you know, like doing strong, when I first started doing kettlebell sport, I did strong sport with Valeri. So I thought that was a great way to get people started. I don't know why it hasn't taken off a four minute set instead of 10 minute set. Yeah. That's like calling it reduced environmental stimulation versus sensory deprivation. I'm allowing people to get in like strong people, like, you know, power lifters that can take a 36 kilogram bell clean and right. That we did who who wrote, I was over three, I was over 300 pounds, uh, when I first started lifting, but I had a, I had like a 1500 pound total in power lifting. So I I was, I was big and strong. Mm -hmm. I couldn't last more than five minutes. The first time I tried to do a a full long cycle set, I made it to about minute six and threw up. Like Mm -hmm. I could, I couldn't, I could not go. I thought I could, I was arrogant, but like, right. but, then I, but then I, but then I, when I met Valeri Federenko and he was like, he was like, Oh, you should do strong sport. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is strong sports. So exactly I what I did play, playing around with the 32s, the 36s. Like, mm-hmm. I, and that was fun for me. Cause it was like, I was in my wheelhouse of competence, right? right? Like heavyweights, shorter sure. duration, right? Like then I started feeling successful and then I got hooked on the yeah. like kettlebell sport. And then I was like, then I had the other guys being like, Oh, kettlebell sport is only 10 minutes. Right. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're not a real lifter until you can make the full 10 minutes. And then I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. So then that's what, that's what really kind of got me pulled into like kettlebell sport. But like, yeah, I think we need to lower that barrier of entry. Like that's one of the things I like about bolt, like bolt is right. Bolt is lowering the barrier of entry so that people sure. of any fitness level can come get on the platform and compete. So one of the last ones that um, I competed was when I got a CMS was in Chicago at the, the, the kettlebell sports summit. Um, I ended up doing triathlon, which yeah, I was there for that with the, 32, with the 32s, right? Yeah. I think triathlons incredible. You got five minute sets, three of them, but that shows proficiency in all. Yeah. Right. And freaking long cycle comes after snatch. Like what? Yeah. What? Like the most, I think the most taxing is at the end and wow. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's something that I like to get people in. So I kind of wrote that intro to kettlebell sport, not saying here's tests of 10 minutes. Like we did the first week is learning stuff. The second week is 65% of rank three, whatever the rank three for, if you want to do like Ket Academy or whatever you can use, 
you know, 24s or whatever. But I think it jumped a bunch of these people that were doing some programs with me into that. They're like, dude, I just did 28 snatches in a row with, you know, one hand or, or 40 snatches in a row with one hand switch with a, with a 28. I'm like, awesome. That is great because if someone said, hey, do 10 minutes straight and you have to do it. And what are you going to be using? A 12? Yeah. And no, do, most guys would be like, fuck that. I'm done. I ain't doing it. Yeah. Because of ego. Yeah, because it's embarrassing. It's, em it's, em it's, embar it's embarrassing, right? The first 10 minutes that I complete I competed completed was with a 16. Dude, you know? great. And I and I exactly. was like, and I was like, I was like, I was I I was I was honestly I was embarrassed because of my ego. And like I you know, I uh, the first uh, competition set I did on Snatch, Jerry Gray beat me in Snatch. And you know well, Jerry Gray awesome. is fucking awesome. He's and a legend, Jerry Gray is yeah. who we all want to be when we yeah. age. <laughs> But the thing is, Jerry Gray is not stopping, so we can't catch him until he stops. Yeah. I talked to him literally last week. I said, dude, I'm – he goes, man, great set. And I said, dude, just trying to catch up to you, but you're still just racing away. Yeah. So I remember when in 2010 when I first opened in my small training center, swing when I first opened Swing This to public, um, Jerry drove down from Michigan and was going through Cincinnati. He goes, do you mind if I stop? And I had only heard of the dude, one of the ladies that I trained figure competitive wise, it was her uncle, I believe, or cousin or something in her family. I said, of course, stop by. We ended up snatching together. It was so cool. And he still remembers it. And I remember it. And that yeah. now we're talking about that 11 years later. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I'll, and I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget that, that set because I was like, I got done and I like, I was like, dude, this guy beat, this guy beat me and he's, he's. 70 years old yeah. i'm half his age right. and he right. did more and reps than matter. me with this with the same weight i was sure. like oh my god i've got a i've got 100 pounds and you know three decades of youth on him and he and he beat me with this on top of that didn't he Fuck, have... i've got a lot to learn <laughs> but he didn't, yeah I didn't, like i wasn't ashamed of it i thought it was super cool i was just like oh my god that's insane i gotta stay in this sport and that's the thing like the only person that thought that that was embarrassing at all is you Everybody else is like watching, like, oh my God, whoa, I, that's cool. It's like rep 79, like, you know, like they don't know that weight. And I think that's another thing about weight. Like when you see kettlebells, especially with sport kettlebells, people don't realize that someone's handling or a lady's handling a 24, like that's insane. Like yeah. I watched Lorna Kleinman and I'm like, oh my, I want to snatch like you. She's my next guest, actually. Dude, I'm, I'm, we'll I'm tell her what's up. I'm interviewing on Monday, so you know, see it. I'm kind of psychic, but anyway, <laughs> like that stuff's great. Like I, I love. I just think of it as, as percentage of body weight too. Like that helps me contextualize it because I'm like when when you like when you look at like you know you um. I'm trying to, I'm now I'm blanking on everybody's name, but the girl from Canada that that uh is like you know, super super short, but she's always throwing around the tw the twenty fours. Like she's amazing you see lorna snatching and you're like she's mm -hmm. throwing a 24 around and that's half her that's half her body mm -hmm. weight you know like yeah. it's it's insane like you see kim fox throwing around mm -hmm. throwing around the the double 24s on long cycle and it's like mm -hmm. the, the output is is ridiculous you know so it's yep. like I, and when i equate it i'm like for me to do that like for it to be analogous i would have to be lifting 50 kilo bells mm -hmm. like that's like that's that's what it is like people are oh like yeah like she's yeah. doing two-thirds of her body weight like it's it's crazy like it's it's just nuts
oh, they've got five plates on the ball on each side. Like you just don't see that. And it says my internet's unstable. Um, yeah, yeah it's just for, you froze for a second there, but I'm I'm assuming you were talking about the, the how the the size of the bells kind of hides like hides what the, you're putting because out because the bells are the same are, are all the same right. size like unless you know what the colors mean like and here, you know. here's another thing like about kettlebell sport like okay we've competed I've competed at the Arnold a lot people come and go and they watch and they try to drum up they're like oh look here's the big weights you know 28 32 kilogram and people are like cool and they're like okay so what like this is fucking boring so kettlebell sport unless you're doing it or you know about it it's fucking boring to watch yeah right oh I, yeah like, I've, my, my wife has offered to come like she's literally come to one competition to watch me lift and brought our kids and like she's offered to come more like almost every time and i'm like no it's okay like i yeah. understand this is not super entertaining for, I mean, it's not like crossfit to, to where people are doing you know you're dropping something and so maybe I think that really is one of the things that hinders certain people from getting or getting bigger because you're watching the th same thing over and over. Now, if we had, if we added something um, and I've been trying to work on this, but relays. So more mm -hmm. stuff like, dude, even though triathlon, it's still five minutes in a row of watching a person do rep after rep of the same thing. Yeah. So if we had something like relays where you literally tag team, I keep bringing the warrior back, but you know, if it was like tag team, you're like, you do a minute of this and then this person has to do a minute and then you rotate through yeah. instead of your, you know, one and done next person, dude, I think there could be something really cool to that. You know what CrossFit brought in the competitive arena, uh, you know, or whatever, what was the other company? What was the other thing? Grid or whatever. You have people that are good oh, yeah. at heavyweight, you have people that. that are good at body weight, yeah. like, Something could be done, I think, but since kettlebell is such that, such an ethnic, traditional, no change involved thing, you know, the only way we would do something different is if it became like, just very different. I don't know. I don't even. I'm rambling, dude. I don't even know. No, I like. I like the idea. One second. I gotta run. I'll be right back. Yeah, no problem. One minute. But yeah, I just think, I mean, I think that's going to be always a hindering thing when it comes to getting people into it. Um, I mean, now Moses has the youth kettlebells sizes, you know, actual real kettlebells. Those are awesome. That helps people that we can give those to our kids, the accessibility is there. Yeah. Um, that wasn't there before. I mean, you have yeah. to use what plastic weights or little. Yeah. I had little, whatever. yeah, little, little plastic ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like you said, our kids just watch and they, how did you learn that? Like, well, I watched you. <laughs> yeah. Because we're role, you're role models. Like you're doing things that are, that are physically healthy, you know, mentally taking care or of when yourself. You're, or when you're cussing at the car, uh, <laughs> my, my wife goes, why, why, why are you, why did Rowan, why did, why did you say that Rowan? Well, daddy says that. <laughs> daddy says it when he drives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you say please and thank you a thousand times they don't pick up on that but you know you say fuck once and it's just uh -huh. <laughs> yep. chorus of fucks but yep but yeah <laughs> i mean not, it's not just pick it up and about it um trying to think like back to the muscle thing about kettlebells i mean i have <laughs> i'm gonna put it as one phrase levi markwart there you go 
one name, Levi Marquardt. Just look at the dude. That guy lifts for kettlebell marathons and his the muscle mass that he has. When I love him, like, Levi, that is the coolest profile picture ever. How are your veins like garden hoses on bowling balls? Like, dude, you think I got muscle? Look at that dude. What the he's heck? He's a freak. Yeah. But he's but look how he's training. I mean, yeah, he's lifting heavy. He's lifting it often. He's, yeah. you know, um, and that's what he's doing. I mean, you don't ever see Levi doing deadlifts or squats with barbells. Um, I see him do a Turkish get up with barbells and you can't count that. That's not a barbell only exercise. That's, it doesn't matter what you use. It could be, it. that's a Turkish get up. But just, you know, he, he always trains. Um, he always lifts heavy. Um, but yeah, so muscle can be built. Um, well, and it's a, there's a, like, it's con, con, contraction of the focused muscle group, uh, uh, on the implement, you know, focused contraction against the implement against the load is what stimulates growth. Right. So if you're, if you're taking like grab a heavy kettlebell and do a crush grip curl, squeeze mm -hmm. your chest as hard as you fucking can, yeah. and then take it down as low as you can and squeeze your biceps as hard as you can while squeezing your chest as hard as you can and your grip as hard as you can. And tell me that you won't grow those muscles because yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, all of those things are you you're, you're requiring focused, intense contraction of the target muscle groups. Like that's yeah. what bodybuilders do to stimulate growth. It's not about garbage volume. It's about focused, yeah. intense contraction sure. against the load. Right. And like, you can do that with any implement. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So long as it's, it stimulates overload the muscle will grow if yes yeah. and you're and you're adequately fueling your your body's ability to grow new tissue through diet right? sure the must the muscle will grow so a lot of people say well you're uh, the whole momentum thing is beyond ridiculous when i i mean okay yeah you're gonna if you accelerate 35 pounds let's just say we uh, we swing 35 pounds it's not going to build anything anyway, unless, unless you're at that level where it might, you know, but okay. So yeah, it floats a little bit. Um, 150 pound kettlebell does not float. It does not float. You're going to, you're going to put so much effort in that. And then not only contract it, but to absorb it yes, from yanking your ass to the face, to the ground, yeah. your face will hit the ground before your ass will. Um, <laughs> But, and to bring it back and not only do, you know, a max of three reps, but probably eight to 10 to 15 or something like that. Okay. And then once you can get 20, what, what do you think is going to happen? But I think people see it as fast moving stuff. So if I'm going to do, okay, yeah, he put a hundred, a 48 kilogram over his head, but he uses legs to do it. Okay. But pretty soon he's going to be just using your arms. But when people see kettlebell sport and we're dropping the weights down and absorbing with our legs, because we're not trying to tire out our arms, yeah. right? It's a leg dominant sport for jerk. Your, your legs are launching it. Your arms are stabilizing it. We're not pushing, you know, you're, you're launching. There's a little push against, but it's not what people think. It's not like a push press, um, with a barbell if, if you're pushing it with your arms, you're not going to last the 10. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, and then just go heavier. So once, once 24 isn't doing much and all of a sudden you're jumping and people are finally realizing there is such a thing as a, as a 28 kilogram in between a 32, <laughs> 24 to 30. I, I had two 24s and I jumped up to a 32s. I'm like, Oh God. I, I, I always equate it. Like I try and break it down for people is just simple math because I'm like, you realize the idea is progressive overload and you want the minimum clinically effective dose. Yeah. Right. And so, so when you go from 24 kilos to 32 kilos, you just did like, uh, what is that? That's eight, eight additional kilos, which is 40% more load, mm-hmm. right? At, at a high a, level already. That is a massive yeah. jump. The, yeah. the research shows that anything over a 10% increase start the J curve on injury risk starts going (laughs) (laughs) once you're over 10% over increase over previous capacity, the J curve of injury risk starts going up exponentially. Right? So when you do a 40% increase in load, like it's not a matter of if you're going to hurt yourself, it's a matter of which rep, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like you're going to hurt yourself. If you, if you go that, if you go that heavy, that fast, like there's a reason I have 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, sure. 20, 22. Like I have all of the gap, the, the gap weights because mm-hmm. those are all 10% incremental increases, basically. Like the- so here's something that worked really well for me over over quarantine. And I'm I don't lift as heavy as I used to a couple of years ago. And that's just as because I'm just so busy. And you know, I, I don't have time to fuel as much as I used to. Um, but let, that's not either here nor there. And you don't need that stress either. Like that is, a, that, that's no. part of your total stress load is the, the training. Ego. Stress. I don't need to, I don't have to keep up with Steven with Rhino strength doing stuff. <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to keep up with Levi. We're buddies and that's, we don't have to like show whose kettlebell is bigger. Um, <laughs> I, we just, we just vie for followers. Just kidding. Um, but what I did was like, how can I get stronger over, over this quarantine without lifting a bunch of with getting heavy weights all the time so i got an, another kettlebell which i'm always testing different companies kettlebells and i was like well do i get another 24 do i get a 28 i'm like nope i'm gonna get a 26 but i'm never gonna touch a 24 so every time that i would go to get a 24 normally it was always going to be a, it was always the 26 so that 4.4 pound increase became my new baseline and it wasn't like you said it wasn't a big thing but i use so much volume and now it's my favorite weight like i absolutely love this 26 that i have um and i'd rather use it 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 feels better to me than some 24s do but it's heavier and then over the course of months i can do a lot more stuff in the 54 i'm sorry in the 50 pound range, I'm closer to 57 now. Just because I've, you know, that's the car I'm driving all the time. Yeah. You acclimated yourself to that weight. And that's, yeah. And that handle though. So that's, what's weird too. Cause it's, that one's a great lakes gear. And the handle okay. is, is, uh, and yeah, me, I'm using, using cast iron bell sometimes. I mean, because it's a different training stimulus, it feels totally different. 24 cast iron feels totally different than 24 competition. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The center, the center of gravity is different. The center of mass is so different. The dimensions yeah. are different, right? The There's... handles are different thickness. And I'm a big fan of not using the exact same all the time because then I get that. And now I, I want to have that. I want to have this. I want to have, I want to have strength in all spots. 
Um, my, my goal has always been like, I want strength where my end range of motion is. I don't want just strength in the perfect power curve. You know, like if I let the clutch out in first gear, I don't want to stall out. You know what I mean? If I let it out in third gear, I don't want it to, I don't want it to rattle to to a stall too. I want to have strength when I'm, and that's where I keep my injuries down. If I can have strength when my arms way back here, whoops, I disappeared into a tree. Um, (laughs) If I can have strength in my arms way back here, I'm definitely going to be fine when it's here. So that's why I do all the mobility stuff I do and, you know, SOTS presses and Z presses and all sorts of different stuff versus just the standing normal thing where people are like, well, you just keep hammering. I want to see you press a 56. I'm like, that's not going to (laughs) happen. And I don't really care because, yeah, but I want to be able to press like a, a six, uh, a 28 double 28s from a seated, you know, ass to the grass level squat sops press both of those things yeah that's what i'd rather have than because it's not easy it's not that not that hard standing no, that, to do it. that's yeah that's that's really hard to do like a, doing a good sots press i mean the, your yeah your your mobility and strength in end range motion positions is is really really impressive i mean for uh, if people think it's if people think it's easy, uh, grab a very light pair of of kettlebells and go do an ass to grass sots press and tell me how you do because mm. I can probably do that with I'm gonna say twelves, maybe sixteens, definitely not twenty eights. I will I will hurt myself. You know what I'm so surprised at is how many people have a lot of kettlebell strength, but only but unilaterally. Um, so if we start going double, double presses are much more akin to barbell presses, because if I, with a barbell, you can't just press one side, Yeah. you know, but if you only use a barbell all the time and never a dumbbell or a kettlebell or a fat bell, if you're always relying on that, you might be 55, 45. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're, you're so non, your non-dominant arm doesn't have to do as much work because it's a bilateral load. And it's can, still stuck. And I can press hard outward and the bar won't let me go. So I can use that. So balance, is go, balance isn't as, as tough. Um, stability isn't as tough. But um, when people think I don't do doubles, they're like, well, I'm just going to do press singles. And they're pressing 48s, you know, press yeah, 106 pound press but they're throwing all sorts of lateral and rotational stuff with it. And they can't even press two thirty sixes at the same time because their mobility to get overhead, they're, they're leaning and here's their mobility. That would be here. That's a barbell. Yeah. So I can kind of see why people stay away from the doubles um, because it's a lot harder. Yeah. I mean, it takes, it takes shoulder mobility. It takes thoracic spine mobility. It takes lumbar spine mobility, hip mobility. Like it's, it's, that's the biggest thing, Uh, you know, David Kion's, uh, you know, up my ass all the time about how shitty my hips are and how I need to work Mm. on my mobility, um, which is true. I, and like, I need to work on my mobility more. And if I'm going to go to the next level in my lifting, it's going to be from two things. It's going to be it's going to be from mobility uh, and then more mobility. <laughs> what is this, um, I, and that's one, one thing that I do every day. I like recuperation more than I like training. So if you ever see me like making videos or posting stuff about like self 
self um self massage tools and stuff that's because i genuinely love working on muscle i absolutely love it yeah, i will I buy have, i, I have all the i have all the tools like i well i've cool. got to get the arm i've got to get the arm made i need to get the yes arm made. um that that one is one that like i need in my arsenal and i don't have it but i've got like all the all the stuff from like kabuki like the you yep. know i've got the boomstick and you know the remember the, it only the, works if you use it yeah, I know. That's the funny. That's the funny thing about them, right? Like they, you know, I, get, I get them with the best of intentions, and then yep. I, I use them. I use them for a while, but I'm I'm so like, I'm I'm better about doing my my mobility drills than I than I have been. Gotcha. I'm getting I'm getting, be, I'm getting better about it, but I'm the opposite of you. Like I love to lift and the the stretching stuff. I'm like I'm like okay, like I t- and I tell my athletes don't forget to stretch. Like I do mm-hmm. stretch before and after every every lift, um, but I need to do on my active recovery days as. <laughs> I yeah, need to, I need to do more, more uh, mobility stuff because I, I still have, I'm a collection of old football injuries and those, those things mm-hmm. don't heal on their own unless you rehab them. Uh, I, right. Interestingly enough, like you need to actually rehab things. So yep. I'm, I'm going to ask you because you know, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're an, a mobility expert and you, you have made posts about like four guys with my build. What, mm-hmm. what's the best tool that I sh- actually should invest in? Like, I don't have the mobility sticks, like the, the long sticks. I know you, like you, you're big on, you're big on those. Like, but for some of what there. are the best tools? Um, the re okay. Here's the reason why I'm big into stick mobility because yoga sucks for people that have a lot of muscle or a lot of body fat, whatever. If you're just a big person, like, I have had a little bit of both of those. Yeah. So, okay. My lay, I try to tell people like, say we have the same skeleton, say we're five foot eight and we have the exact same skeleton, whatever. That's like saying, here's your car. Now I put giant super swamper tires on mine. So no matter how far I turn, the tires are going to rub in the wheel well. So that's kind of what we're getting. So if we do certain yoga, things like that, like if we're trying to pigeon or whatever pose or this, you know, I I don't know, whatever. There's a bunch of stuff. I can't remember. But anyway, if I'm trying like a half pigeon or something for my hips, the mobility sticks allow us to change the angle and get more because of our size. So it's kind of like an adapted let's call it an adaptive yoga or adaptive. Um, so it's like using a bolster, but it's something that's like, yeah. Cause like, like I, I had to use those, especially when I was doing yoga regularly, I had to use bolster blocks because. Absolutely. Exactly- this is my little dude's room. There's a oh, and you've Bulgarian got your, you've got your stick, your stick mobility sticks okay. right there. I just want to show you what I mean. Okay. All right. So tilt me down, see my floor. So let's say that I want to externally rotate my hip, right? Oh my God, dude, this is so too much muscle <laughs> in my legs. Okay, so I'm over here, right? I'm trying to keep my shin down on the ground. Yeah. Okay, so what am I trying to do this? I'm trying to get this better for a jerk or something. Hip mobility for jerk, right? Yep. Nah, it's yep. not too bad. Let's just say jerk. So here, what's hindering me is this back hip flexion. So I could go lower if I lean forward. Yep. Or if I could put my leg up like this on a on a bed or a step or a couch or a yep. kitchen table, right? Both things that so I what, do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this back here is what's hindering me from this. 
Now, what we can do is, so let's go for more bang for our buck, right? So we're trying to get into the jerk position and we're focusing on this. Well, what, what about up here, right? Yep. So now I can grab and I can go and take some of the big ass heavy weight that I have and I'm slowly lowering down on the sticks. Look at that position that I'm in now. I'm in an overhead jerk position. Yeah. So I'm also stretching my lats, my shoulders, my this, my that, my hip thoracic yeah. mobility. Yeah, it's, and good. it's giving, you, it's giving you traction on both on both ends. So you're getting, I get it. Yeah, I can see that. So that's why I really love these guys. You okay. can because you can change. It's like floating. Um, we're just changing the effect of gravity has on our body. And for a lot of people, that's really important for, let's say, let's say 110 pound uh, female that just had twins, their hips are going to be different, right? Yeah. So change of pregnancy, postpartum and stuff like that. Some people have to really relearn how to move their body because their hips are literally different now. Yeah. So instead of doing the yoga that they did before they're pregnant, now they can use tools to help them basically turn into 75 pounds. So it's the same thing as we're talking about increasing weight for progressions. We're decreasing our body's weight by using tools and things like that. So I love, I think stick mobility is one of the absolute best things for kettlebell sport, kettlebell training in general. Um, it's just a, it's a, like I said, it's an adapted or adapted. Right, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the kettlebell locker and, uh, and hit my, and hit your link and, and, and grab a couple because they're pretty you, awesome. Man. You've sold me. Um, <laughs> don't, don't tell my wife I bought more mobility stuff. <laughs> bring her on here. I'm talking, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, um, I, I really like that. Taylor, like my Taylor, she uses them all the time. Um, she's like, did you bring them to the gym? Can you bring them back? I'm like, they're in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like the guy that we, we keep them out at think tank. Um, we have all sorts of different things at think tank because people are there for muscle back pain, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so they're like, well, what's that on the floor? I'm like, okay, well, that's a, a boom stick. That's a body tempering tool. This is a massage gun. Here's a good one. Um, th what are those stick things? Well, those help you stretch in a way that you couldn't stretch without it. Types of things like that. Um, but anyway, um, probably gonna have to head off, man. To yeah, no, I appreciate it. I want to be respectful of your time. You, you've been you've been on for a long time, and I yeah, really appreciate it. It's been awesome. Questions? Anything you wanted to ask? Um, well, the the one thing I wanted to touch on because it's a kind of a shared a shared. Uh, I won't ask you why you are the way you are, because even though I oh. promised I would, because that we don't have time yeah. for that. But uh, I'll I'll tell you real quick. Okay. Like, I'm I'm very eccentric because I, I was grown up and my grandmother was the um, president of the library system. So I was always around a lot of different knowledge and culture. And she never, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have a tear dude because this woman just passed away and she means a lot to me. Um, but to help other people is in my blood. To help them feel like I feel good, to, I want people to feel the same way. Um, so I was always around, she was like part of, um, the hospital board where we live. She was part of Northern Kentucky university, the alumni center. We were always around, like I had opportunities. I mean, shit, like, that's a thing. Like 
um, but I, I want to give back and she because she always did. So that's kind of what the way I am, the way I am is I, I want to see other people succeed because I watched, um, I watched her do that. And I was, it just, it meant a lot to me. Um, we're always around books. So dude, like if you look at places like my gym, there's like boxes of books, not just training books, but like, you know, nutritional books, but indigenous nutritional, I mean, just, you know, herbal stuff and all that stuff. And I don't know. It's just, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm the way I am. Yeah. You're, you're, like you're, an, open, you're an open mind, which I love. And I, Absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a great, um, that's a great tribute to your grandmother. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that she's no longer with you, but I mean, oh, what a great, right. what a great way to honor her, you know, yeah. that, that you carry on her legacy and that she's had such a big impact on, on your life. And you're having a big impact on other people's life because you're so committed to helping other people. I mean, like I've got goosebumps hearing you talk about that because like, that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I've always vibed with you is because I feel like we're wired that same way. Like I just, I want to help people. You want to help people We're you know, that's what we're all about. And uh, yeah. I love that about you. You have, you have an inquisitive mind, a curious mind, an open mind, and like you're, you're here to share knowledge and take in knowledge and help people. So I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's been Thanks, awesome man. having you and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Cause we didn't get into nutrition. We didn't get yeah. it. Like there's all sorts of stuff we could, we could, sure. cut, we could get back into, that's but yeah. I, I, thank cool. you so thank you so much for coming on it's been it's been great having you man all right buddy thank you all right talk soon thanks talk to you later thanks for listening to this episode of the platform podcast i'm jordan kundi wright if you have a question please email me at twin cities kettlebell club at gmail.com follow us on instagram and facebook at twin cities kettlebell club on twitter at tckb club online at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And please help us grow our reach and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.